boom. And hoorah. <laughs> so you on spot on today. <laughs> boom and hoorah. <laughs> Who rises? All right, welcome back to Reboot Biblical Perspective to all our dear and precious listeners and particularly our spiritual goal patrons whom we are particularly doing this podcast for. Um, this is your host, Zainal Fuego, Christ Dematologist, coming to you live and direct from the Trinidad Republic of Trinidad and Tobago and accompanying me is the lovely... Ketura Bartholomew, your lioness. <laughs> and I'm also... <laughs> I'm also located in the Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago, the Swiss Caribbean island. All right, this is Rebooted Biblical Perspective, the one and, and unique podcast that links the or actually allows or guides the listeners um, through reading New Testament through the lens of the context of the old or to get actually guide or should I say um, bring context to the New Testament through the lens of the old. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, today, today we are still on, on, on John chapter 2. Yeah. Yes, we are continuing John chapter 2. In our previous yeah. podcast, we ended at verse 11. Yeah. Yeah, we ended at verse 11 where we spoke about the wine I just only wanted to wine while he also while while John is actually referring to the, the water pots in purification and the and the the um the the hints that come with that the hints in the context of the um the what whatever you call that the um Jewish the theological approach to the scriptures hints. Right, you can also look up, look look um, look that up. But we spoke about that, and we spoke about why this actually took place at a wedding, which linked this, which linked the prophet Isaiah. Yes. In today's segment, in today's series, we are actually continuing um, from verse twelve. So I'll read from the Amplified Version, John chapter two. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there a few days. Now the Passover of the Jews was approaching. So Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and in the temple enclosure, he found the people who were selling oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers sitting at their tables. He made a whip of cords. And drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Then to those who sold the doves, he said, Take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of commerce. His disciples remembered that it is written in the scriptures, Zeal, love, concern for your house and its honor will consume me. Then the Jews retorted, What sign, attesting miracle, can you show us as proof of your authority for doing these things? This is quite an interesting story here. This one in particular makes me question the idea of Jesus that I've been given in the church system. <laughs> what idea of, is a, it? of the 
very calm and pleasant person who knows no evil and because um i'm not saying that he is evil huh? <laughs> what i'm saying is that when you think of him sitting there and plotting this whip of cords it doesn't um it doesn't align with what i grew up in the church system what do you mean hearing. you mean the the passive Jesus that's sit down there and just say love everybody and love yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. that on that note, that that that's a very interesting observation and something that we definitely need we definitely should talk about. Um, because this is actually it this brings to light the fact that the 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 majority of the Western Westernized Christian denominational Christianity sorry the westernized denominational christianity um paint this image of this of jesus who is this very meek and quiet man and mm-hmm. wants to and wants to love everybody and love everything and tells you and so they use these descriptive verses like you know um like he's a to, pushover turn the other cheek yeah and, and if you know it, 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 they, they take your code give them the tunic also Mm-hmm. Take those things out of context and painted a very passive Jesus who doesn't stand up for anything. He's a he's, he's a Jesus that just seeking that's apparently just seeking peace at all costs. At even his own at, at expense even, of his himself. Exactly. So if they slap you on one on 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 one cheek, turn the other cheek. Just getting beat up. Yeah. That was the image. Just being bullied. <laughs> and that and that right there is a very false representation of Jesus. Because Jesus is Yahweh in the flesh. Which means mm-hmm. the same God that you saw in the Old Testament. The same God that is walking in our body. I found that hard to believe at first, huh? Yeah. Because the God that is um that we see in the Old Testament growing up I always thought was um harsh until I realized he was just objective and about yeah. justice. Yeah. And and even if you look at the Psalms, it's it actually says in the Psalms. Uh, let me just pull up that Psalm here. It says, "He who loves God hates evil." Mm-hmm. Right. And in the context of um of the Genesis narrative, evil would be reference to those who walk. Um. They, those who reference those who reference the knowledge of good and evil um, in a manner that is very arrogant. Okay. Right? So when you so say arrogant, like doing it um... purposefully for the purpose okay. of self-benefit, it's not a, it's not an error. It's not an oversight. Right, right. It's, a, it's something that you're doing, right? Much like what you see when was going on in the temple there, they knew. Because they knew every one of them know the law. So the Pharisees so, know the law too. So him pulling out a whip of cords, what what I mean, um, what is this whole thing what's taking place here in the temple? Right. So what what's the first thing that we want to talk about, I would like to talk about is mm-hmm. Jesus it says and in the temple enclosure he found the people who were selling of oxen and sheep and doves. And the money changers sitting at the tables. And he made a whip of cords. I want to just pause there before we we talk about the whipping itself. Uh-huh. You realize that Jesus premeditatedly sat down and sat down and plat a whip. 
<laughs> well, taking into consideration what you were just explaining there, I'm I'm more interested to hear what's going on. What's Star Wars sit down probably sitting across the road watching the temple and real real patiently plotting his way with cords. Wait, you sound like them the um... walk, walk across the road into the temple and start a pelt table and start a swing that way. Wah, wah, sound wah. like something. <laughs> So he do it sounds like something that would take place here in the Caribbean. <laughs> you know, when oh. they, they, they're patiently watching the children doing nonsense and just waiting for them. Yeah, well, I mean it's not exactly that, but basically what I want to show here is that the passive Jesus that everybody has been looking at, which is now this is not this what the topic of this episode is about today. But we can definitely speak about it in the near future. Mm-hmm. Where this passive image, this image of this passive Jesus that everybody has looked at and 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 so-called imitating, which re- which actually results in not standing up for righteousness, not standing up. And when I say righteousness, I'm speaking about righteousness in the context of what righteousness righteousness is in the scri- in the scripture itself. Mm-hmm. Integrity. They have no integrity. And so they're watching the oppressor and, they, and, they, and, they, and they're preaching, love the oppressor. While in the scripture it says, he who loves God, hate evil. evil. Yeah. He who loves God, hate evil. Paul even says in the New Testament, to, he, when, he, when, he, um, when he was speaking about love, what love is, he ends it by saying, abhor evil. Abhor it. Hate it. Detest it. Because that is what because the integrity of God means the integrity of God means equity for all. Right. Basically, it means equity for all, which means That's beautiful. where there is no equity, you have no right loving no equity. It is evil. Because the opposite of that will be injustice. It'll and be that injustice. will mean that you'll be contributing to it, whether it's passive or active. Exactly. So, so now let's actually jump into the context of the whip. Right? Uh-huh. It says he made a whip of cords. Now, in the, as we continue in the, in the culture of the scriptures and in the spirit of the scriptures, we know that um, wherever, this, where the, wherever this, this, the scripture mentions these things, it, uh-huh. is, um, it is definitely, wherever it's, where, sorry, wherever it's actually first mentioned, wherever it's named, what the, the the context in which it is named sets a precedent in the scripture for the context that the writer or the authors or the writers are referencing when they're speaking about it again. Right, yes. He says you so, did mention that. Right. So when we look at that when 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 we look at that, what we actually see, let's go back to where Whip is first mentioned, and you'd realize that there is a co- that, that, that there is a, a coincision with the first mention of, of the whip with the context the same context that is being used here so to actually see that let's go back to Joshua chapter 23 all right Joshua chapter 23 reading from verse 12 and it says for if you ever turn back this is in, in the book of Joshua if you ever turn back and cling to the rest of these nations these that are left among you and intermarry with them so that you associate with them and they with you. No one understand with certainty 
that the that the Yahweh your God or the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you, but they will be a snare and a trap to you, and a whip on your sides, and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord has given you, which your which your God has given you. So I, I just want to read that one more time okay. so that we follow the context here. For if you ever turn back and cling to the rest of these nations, let's follow the context of what is actually staying. staying. These that are left among you and intermarry with them so that you associate with them and they with you. No one understand with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you, but they will be a snare and trap to you and a whip on your sides and a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Hmm. What, is the con- what, what, what is the context of the whip here? The context of the, context of the whip is um, it, the whip is actually being used. This is actually referring to um, God telling the people of Israel, telling the nation that, it, that if, they, um, if they turn back from the covenant mm-hmm. and they cling to the practices of these nations, um, that the Lord will continue to drive, will not continue to drive the nations out from before them, but those nations will be a snare and a trap to them, and they will, those nations will be a whip on their sides and thorns in their eyes until they perish in the same land that God put them in. See not? Okay. All right. Now, when we go back to John chapter 2, first of all, it says he made a whip of cords and drove them all, all out, out of the temple and his sheep and the oxen. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. And then it goes on from there. It is no coincidence that he uses the whip of cords and drive them out of the temple. And the nation of Rome fulfill Joshua chapter 23, verses 12 and 13, in the same way that is mentioned in Joshua chapter 12, verses in Joshua 23. Rome was actually the whip upon them. And God didn't drive Rome away from them. Rome, Rome ended up being, in the context of, jo- of, of Joshua, chapter t- t- uh, Joshua chapter 13, Rome ended up being the snare, the trap, and the whip on their sides, and the thorns wow. in their eyes, until they perish from the good land which he gave them. And just as in 870, they were... They perished. They perished. In the destruction of the they temple. Was, they were slaughtered. Yeah. So it, so And many of it, them were driven out. They ran, flee. So so what you see here is that um Jesus prophetically uses this whip of cords. Mm-hmm. And anybody who knows scripture with the integrity of their heart would have realized that would have known that if he is the Messiah and he's doing that then he's actually prophetically saying that you all are going to 
perish. And the nation, and the nation that's over you all, that God has left around you and is not driven away, mm-hmm. will be a whip on your sides until you perish. Wow. From the, from, the, from the good land, which he himself has had, had given you. That, that is, that, it makes sense and it's real deep. <laughs> because, I mean, again, every time you unravel and bring out these layers, it's so interesting because it's things that, um, I love the way how you inter- interconnect it, the old and the new, showing the relevance. Because um, it, you know, it makes me feel like Jesus was going about this thing and like he was this methodically, methodically going about yeah. the scriptures. Like it wasn't just random. He passed by the temple. He said, "Hey, they said in doubt. All right, let me run them out." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that. It was like, yeah. it's like amazing how it's just one after the other because we went through the previous session and we identified the same thing with the wine and then now this and it's like. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, this 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 in the context of the lens of Jesus and, and his disciples and what they are actually trying to communicate, this shows you how much content and meaning these gospels have. They wrote it with great intent, with great intention, with great with great gravity. It was not yes. just to speak about Jesus randomly. It was Not very much stories. indicating how Jesus is the Messiah, is Yahweh walking in the flesh. The book of John is really very, um, very, very um, emphatic with, show, with um, showing that Jesus is Yahweh as a man so, walking in the flesh. Hmm. I mean, every time we do this, I have to take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> So when, as we as we read and we go along, right? I mean, the whip now makes more sense, and the whole scene there. Um, I says, "Stop making my father's house a place of commerce." And then he he, you know, his disciples remember that it was written. So these disciples are watching what's taking place, and they um, are recalling in the scriptures by that yeah. statement that he made: "Zeal, love, concern for your house." And its honor will consume me. Yeah, because they they, they understood that the Messiah, Uh being being Yahweh, being being um, tabernacling among them, the word of God made flesh, made a man. They understood that if it's if it's Yahweh, then everything that is actually fulfilled in the scriptures, He will fulfill. Okay, so they were looking. They were like. They were like, um, they weren't watching what was taking place, right? No. Okay. Well, as we go along these these um these these these, these chapters, that's exactly what you're seeing. These things are rip, written with purpose, and there are certain events that they chose to include in their accounts. Because he did many things, but there are certain accounts that they chose for the purpose of telling the good news. And to, to tell you good news is strategically play, written in a way where they choose the, 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 the events that they actually know fulfilling these different scriptures and they made, and they made a record of it. Right. So that those that was... who are reading will know this is the Messiah. For sure, for sure he's the Messiah. I imagine that you can't just put a whole man's life in just a few pages, right? 
No, yeah, so what they that. have selected, well, what is very pertinent to bringing us into the understanding of Jesus walking God in the flesh. Yeah. So, so then, we, what's we, the significance? Mm-hmm. So we see here that exactly what he did with the whip drove them out of the temple. Right. That's exactly what took place with the room too. Right? They burned down the temple. They drove them out. Yeah. So with the sheep and the oxen, he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He scattered the coins. Think about that, right? <laughs> scattered the coins of the money changers and they could have had gold coins. Can you imagine? Flavius Josephus writes in his, in his record of the destruction of the temple that the gold that was in the temple melted in between the bricks and ran mm. like water because of the heat. You see, you, you see the you, you see any parallel? Hello? When he scattered the coins, paralleled with what Flavius Josephus has mentioned, I didn't get the last part that you said. That 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 the fire in particular mm-hmm. um, melted the gold that was in the temple, and it, the the gold ran like like liquid between the bricks. Ah, okay. So here we have coins scattered and the gold running. Wow, okay, okay. All right. I'm seeing what you're saying. Yeah, and overturn their tables. So it's like real They're prophecy d- business. Prophetic. It's very prophetic. Prophetic, yeah. Jesus Jesus is 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 actually using the whip in the context of the scriptures. So so these guys sit down there and they're watching this thing going on and they may not have understood it very well, but when he when they realize for certain when he resurrected and they realize that, that is Yahweh. Then everything sort of makes sense to them, mm-hmm. right? So we're reading on. It says, "Then to those who sold the doves, he said, take these things away.' That is exactly what they did. They took things out of the temple. <laughs> wow. Right? Okay. Stop, stop making my father's house a place of commerce. So you know. So now he's now referring to scripture. He says. His disciples, remember that it is written in scriptures, zeal, love, concern for your house, and it is and, and his honor will consume me. Right? So where is that quoted from? We can go right. Well, let's start with Psalm 69, verse 9. Okay. Right? Psalm 69, verse 9 says, he's quoting, drawing from Psalm 69, verse 9, where it says, for zeal for zeal for your house has consumed me. Now the disciples are actually quoting that line again in this in the in the culture and in the fashion of the rabbi. They are quoting zeal for your house and honor will consume me. It says it is written in the scriptures, zeal for your house and it will consume me. In the in the in the in the fashion of the of the rabbi who is usually quoting lines amongst people who know scripture. So he's actually quoting lines. And because you know the rest of the scripture, you know the context that he is actually hinting to you. He's not telling yes. you directly, but you get the message. Yes. So he's not, they, they quote that if you go to Psalm 69, verse 9, it says, For zeal for your house has consumed me. There is a second, there is a second, that, that, that is actually the first half of the couplet in Psalm 69 verse 9. So let's read the second half of the couplet and see what they're actually communicating. 
It says, and the mocking insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So indirectly, John is now writing this and, and referring to this to actually show that Yahweh is Yeshua. That he is walking in name and mm -hmm. he is the Messiah because he is now the son of David. David wrote this psalm and as the son of David, he is now experiencing, he is now um, drawing from being David's seed, what was spoken through David is now apply, applying to him as a son of David. So wow. he is so he is now actually he is quoting John and showing through the Psalms, through Psalm 69, verse 9, that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. And what they did, he is actually doing what he is doing by driving them out. Because they're insulting God and insulting God is insulting him. They're one and the same. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that. Make sense? Makes sense. Yeah, you see how heavy that is there again? It's very, very, wow. So you, so again, people, most of us read this in the Western. I'm seeing this constantly. We read this in the Western world, reading like a story, and don't realize the context that these men, the the weight of the context that these men are actually drawing drawing from. And in the same I, way, we mm -hmm. who are in the person of Christ Yeshua, walking in the name and the person of Christ Yeshua, the breath of Christ Yeshua, the same thing happens to us. When others are, when you see oppression. It is natural for you to feel indignation because yeah. those who oppress others are insulting God, insulting Yahweh. And because, just as it's written in Psalm 69, verse 9, it is fulfilled in us also that the mocking insults of those who insult you have fallen up on me. It's the same Christ Yeshua that is in us. That is so cool. What do you think about that? Um, I'm really glad for this. This clears up a lot. This in particular, I, as you know, grew up in the denominational Christianity. And um, this story, from what I understood growing up, um, of course, it was taken out of context. And they taught us to reverence the house of God. It was a very abstract approach. Mm -hmm. um, because, I guess... They probably referenced this. I'm not too certain. And they identified the house of God again, again, out of context as the church, the church facility, the building and stuff like that. So now that you have brought this to table, to the table and to light, it really clears up the context of what was taking place there with Jesus. And the zeal for the house, as it is mentioned, is him taking on basically um, the identity of, the spirit of the scriptures. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And acting up and, you know, everything that he's doing, I'm still amazed. It feels like a puzzle that everything that he's doing is so precise. It's, it's actually is it, crazy. It, it, it actually shows how much God and his word are one and the same. Yeah. So it's like he's taken flesh. And the mindset that he's had, that his the scriptures are his mindset. That's it. That's it. Oh my goodness! I could not have said it better. The scriptures are his mindset. The scriptures are his mindset. 
and I, I want to encourage all our our listeners and, our, and all um, our, our dear and precious patrons who are actually listening to this, that this is the same Christ that is in us. And this is the same person of Christ that we are walking out in Christ, in, in, the, in this new covenant, in this new contract, in this perfect union with Christ Yeshua. And the scriptures are about us, the person of Christ. Not that we have to go and plant a rope or anything, eh? <laughs> but some of them I just found that part some, funny. Someone some need for me to sit down and plant a rope, yes? <laughs> it's like, we're not telling anybody to go and plant ropes, right? And over to the tables. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the end of this particular episode. Um, most holy and precious siblings, patrons, spiritual goal patrons, and listeners, um, we do str- uh, we do like to encourage you all, as per usual, that you comment in the comment section under this on on under this um this episode, and let us know what your takeaways are. We would very much love to know what your takeaways are, what your feedback is, like. How is, this, how is this impacting your understanding of the scriptures? Is this causing you to see John in a different way, the, the, the Gospels in a different manner? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you have any questions, please feel free to post it in the comment section and we will definitely we will um, definitely address it in upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. Right? This is Reboot Your Biblical Perspective. The, 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 um, the very unique podcast where we give context to the new testament through the lens of the old objective context to the, um, to, to the new testament and objective context to the scriptures making it practical and tangible for you to walk it out in christ yeah. reboot your biblical perspective reboot your mind on the whip and reboot <laughs> your mind on the zeal <laughs> 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 Look, I'm beat nobody. <laughs> yeah, reboot it. Blessings and much love. Love you guys. <laughs>